Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the monthly LGBTQIA storytelling night I host and program. This week's story was part of a special event where I invited pairs of queers to share a tale together. Lovers, family, couples, friends. Queer Stories 2x2, celebrating all forms of queer love. Next up, theatre producer Lisa Freshwater and her partner, landscape gardener and trans activist AJ Brown. So a few weeks um, after I met AJ, which was in 2004, on the only place to meet a lesbian, the pink sofa, (laughs) I was at AJ's place, a small weatherboard uh, shack that had limited furniture and was fully lit by lava lamps. (sighs) The kitchen tap dripped, which I found absolutely unbearable. And so we got out some tools and we set about fixing it. And I found this capable, hands-on, butch kind of act very, very attractive. As I held the tap and AJ used the wrench to release the valve, (laughs) we, we leant in and we looked into each other's eyes and time stood still and he said, We could build a house together. In true lesbian style, within a few months, we were living together in his small weatherboard shack with a little bit more furniture and not a lava lamp in sight. I sold my semi in Newtown and uh, we started to look for a house to renovate. I've always been a sucker for mid-century architecture. Who in their right mind isn't, right? (laughs) And so we found um, this kind of very run-down, late 60s, single-storey house with a skillion roof and large windows that looked out onto the garden and um, from each room. And it was set right back at the, uh, at the back of the block um, in Barara, across the road from the bush, on the, which is about an hour north of Sydney on the cusp of the Hawkesby River. So it sounds beautifully romantic. The only problem was the windows were all cracked and boarded up. The garden was out of control. All the timber was rotten. The cork floors were sinking. And everything, I mean everything, was mission brown. (laughs) The house was broken. (laughs) But that didn't worry us because so were we. Up until the age of four, I regularly sported a cotton wool beard and would go to the toilet trying to stand up. Around this time, I was sexually abused by two different neighbours. I found solace in a fantasy world of action men, of um, heroes um, like Errol Flynn and Johnny Wiesmuller and Sean Connery, who kind of, looking back now, were all ladies' men. 
Now, Elvis and I had a special bond. I would fantasise that I was Elvis in a hospital bed and that the nurses would give me a sponge bath and kiss me all over. Nothing's changed. (laughs) As I reached puberty and my body started to change, I became very, very naughty. And once in a needlework class, I waited till Mrs. Pickernickle was bending over and I stuck a darning needle in her bottom. And nothing's changed. (laughs) To punish me, my father, who had recently found God through the Pentecostal church, would use his cutthroat razor and shave my head. I was made to go to my conservative grammar school with a buzz cut. This was absolutely meant to humiliate me. But the irony was, I loved it. My hair was short and I might be mistaken for a boy. I was a drama school student in the early 90s and um, I met a cis by a guy who I fell in love with. And about six years into the relationship, uh, we got married, bought a house and I fell pregnant. We were like the textbook successful couple. But at the time I could see something was wrong and he was kind of shutting down and I avoided my instincts and became very, very focused on setting up my perfect life. He had a well-paying job, we'd had a substantial inheritance, and um, I could focus on creating theatre and nurturing the child that I was carrying. Life was pretty perfect uh, until one night when I was six months pregnant and he didn't come home. It's interesting when a loved one goes missing. People around you uh, are frustrated. They want you to do something, they want you to look, they want to know what happened. But in my gut, I knew he was gone. This was confirmed when I discovered that he'd cleaned out our bank accounts, taken the car, and $30,000 was missing from the safe at work. When I arrived in Australia in 1989, I met my first lesbian partner. I love to like you, love your first, and would do anything she said. She introduced me to the sex industry, and I happily followed. I fucked, and she took the money. I started using speed and ecstasy. I became a fantasy mistress who wore leather and latex. And when I dressed like this, I always felt like I was in drag. By the time I was in my early 30s, I was hollow and this body had become a carcass and that I'd exchanged for money. When I met Lisa, I'd already made the decision to change things and had started studying horticulture and landscape construction at TAFE. I was still hooking for money and I told her about my lifestyle within the first couple of dates. My trust in people was completely exhausted, but I thought if he's going to be so transparent, knowing this could easily be a deal breaker for me, well, maybe he was the person that I could trust. We settled into our Barara house, my two and a half year old son, AJ's two dogs and four cats. (laughs) And we became a family. And this became our healing project, which we worked on for the next 10 years. We weren't the only gays in the village, but we were pretty close to it. I ripped the house apart and I put it back together again. Our house and our life had a new foundation. Lisa made me paint the house three times in different shades of charcoal. And (laughs) until she finally settled on black. She's very specific about colour. Even our sex toys are colour matching. (laughs) 
years ago, AJ announced that he wasn't going to die in this old woman's body and he was going to medically transition. I started hormones, had my breasts removed, and I invested in a vacuum pump for my ever-growing member. <laughs> this was the best decision of his life. But I was no longer part of the LGBTQI community. I kind of was feeling like my identity had been erased. I was becoming a suburban housewife with a teenage son, a four-wheel drive, living in the suburbs with a husband. And she hated it. So we sold our house, we moved back to Newtown, and we now have the most wonderful life and beautiful group of queer friends. And now we finally feel like we're home. home. We're home. Thanks for listening. For tickets to the next Queer Stories, visit giantdwarf.com.au. To check out other events I produce and perform in, visit mavemarsden.com. And if you'd like advance or discount tickets to these shows, look me up on crowdfunding platform Patreon. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier, and along with Kate Spencer, I host Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. Join us every Wednesday with guests like author Phoebe Robinson, chef Samin Nosrat, actress Busy Phillips, and even former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. On Mondays and Fridays, we have mini episodes where we answer listeners' questions on everyday problems like how useful a butt mask really is, how to deal with a petty friend, or how to relax after a long day. So join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Forever 35, where we're not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.